Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss Ubisoft, Pokemon, and the new Reaper event. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. I believe this is our last episode of February. So at this point, we're like one sixth of the way through the year, which is terrifying to think it about. Is terrifying. It is, uh, yeah, it, February sixth of the year feels like we were still in pandemic mode. Like it, it still doesn't <laughs> feel like outside is allowed yet. Right. <laughs> like, Just with everything it, that's going on. Plus yeah. now, like we're, we might be going into World War Three. Knock on wood. Hopefully, we don't. Um, I, I would but, really like it if we didn't. Yeah, I, I have flat feet, so I can't. I can't do same. Do much. I can't be drafted either. Yeah, so. I'll help you with the tech stuff, I guess. <laughs> I if I if you if you absolutely need me, I'll, I will cook. I'll 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 be a cook or something. That's fine. I don't know. You need to eat. I need to not get shot. So it works. Win-win. I uh, <laughs> So one thing that I like, I was talking to my friend Esme about this recently when we were hanging out, but it's like the older you get, like, you know, you know how it's when you're older, like time goes by more quickly that like the years seem a lot shorter. Yeah. So I was watching a TED uh, talk, a TED ad video and mm-hmm. like it, it was a TED ed about like immortality or whatever, and if immortality was real, but like it, it brought up an interesting concept because like the reason why, for example, say you're ten years old, and like a year feels like forever, right? Yeah. The reason why is like say that you're say like when you're like in your forties, like when you're ten compared to when you're ten, like when you're ten, one year of your life is a whole tenth of the life you've lived so far. It's a whole ten percent. So compare yeah. that to when you're 40, that's like well, that's like a quarter of that 10th. So it's like 2.5% of your life that you've lived is a single year. So just yeah. comparatively, just by the length of time that you've lived, you're you're perceiving it as shorter because it is a smaller percentage of the time that you've been alive. So like if you're if you've lived for forever, like in, in the context of the immortality, like how fast would a year feel to you, honestly, at that point? true that, that's a very good question honestly right it's like it's it's concepts i'd never thought about when considering immortality also and it's like you know how you like forget sometimes like things you did last year yeah how are you gonna remember what you did like a century ago yeah exactly like 100 years ago 200 years ago a thousand years ago you won't remember anything just because your mind isn't isn't wired to process that kind of information and store it that long um, but yeah, that was just that, that was a, one of the weirder tangents that we've had. But uh, aside from that, how have you been, Kevin, in the period of time that you have perceived since we last spoke? Um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Uh, we played. Uh, I, I went to the arcade and I did mini hoops uh, during All Star Weekend. Um, oh, yeah, my, my sister, happened. my sister and my cousin were hanging out with me, so I let them hold the camera um and 
Yeah, they're like, this is still insane. I have a clip on my Twitter. Yeah, I have a clip on my Twitter of like me scoring 107, which I think is my, oh my record God, now. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, so I did that. You ever thought about going for a world record, Kevin? I don't know what the world record is, nor I don't know what the uh, what the regulation is for just, it. Just contact Guinness. Well, we'll look at it. We'll Do see. It. Uh, I, I need to. I still feel like I'm not in a hundred percent game shape either. Like, how could I describe it? I can hit pretty consistently, but I'm not like Steph Curry levels yet. Like, I can talk to. You should talk to the round one and get like a sponsorship so that you don't have to like worry about paying. But then also like. They could be like the place where you break the record. So that'll get attention yeah. to them. It, it depends on like the machine too. Cause like David and Busters true, and true. Uh, and round one have two different game modes. So like there needs to be like a standard like game mode or something like that. But well, like, like I could talk about that all day, but it's, mm. it's pretty interesting in that fact. Um, yeah, also, Guinness, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll definitely look into it. Also, if you get um, like if you get like a sponsorship or like a, a, a lifetime supply of Guinness from Guinness from doing this, please send me some. I love Guinness. Oh yeah, I'll I'll definitely do that. I mean, I'm more <laughs> of a I I'll I'll just be there for the uh the the, the banner thing. I I just want the I want the certificate because I I'm pretty sure that can uh, equate to something. Yeah, I mean um, it's it's nice to have. Yeah, so there was that. There was All Star Weekend, which we just talked about. Um, yeah, that was insane. It was fun to watch. Um, and yeah, let's see what else did I do this week. Uh, I finished a video for Pokemon Unite. Uh, I took a stab at a John Oliver type script. So ooh, it is a. Uh, it's about baby Pokemon and why we don't have them in Pokemon Unite. Huh. Um, so it's it's a very interesting subject, at least for me. At least uh, I thought it was interesting. So, uh, had fun with that, and yeah. Other than that, I'll uh, I'll update you. I'm still waiting on a response from the a person who I've done two uh, interviews with. So, mm. uh, they they are waiting for the the finalization of that, and then we'll be good to go. Uh, how about you, Matt? How's your week? How's everything going on your end? Uh, it's been. What did I even do? I don't even remember what I did because it's been like the days are blurring. So on top of like just time going very quickly, like Corona has like really ruined our perception of time. Right. Kevin, like it's so weird how, because I think with a lot, with a lot of us, like we don't have the, the same routines as we used to do. So it's like days are, are what even our days anymore. Plus we had the long weekend too, because of president's day. Um, I think that's probably the most interesting thing I did was have a long weekend. Um, oh, and I, I sort I finally, after like months, sorted some of my Pokemon cards. So that's probably the most exciting thing I did last week was just plop down in front of the TV, watch some John Oliver, uh, finish up Smiling Friends, watch some BoJack, watch some Joe Para talks with you, and then just just sort some Pokemon cards alphabetically. Also, Smiling Friends, like... Oh, yeah. I, I what, just finished it. What, uh, what? What? I loved it. It was great. It was fantastic. It was hilarious and disturbing, but, like... Yeah. What did I watch? It, it's you know? one of those things where, like, it's... You, you feel like you've watched a lot of it, and then you realize that it's only, like, half an hour. 
uh-huh <laughs> you're like yeah you're like what happened in this episode it's like no, it's uh, like it's they're only like 10 minutes honestly i think like 11 yeah. minutes yeah it's crazy they're so short but it's like they fit a lot of insanity <laughs> into such a short period of time yeah it's insane um what else uh i was supposed to this weekend um just things didn't work out but i was supposed to go on a date with my friend esme to the magic castle which like um, if you don't know what the Magic Castle is, it's a very exclusive magic club in Los Angeles. Um, Finding Founders, the other podcast they do, interviewed the founder of the Magic Castle, Milt Larson. It's a really cool episode. You should check it out. Um, but we were supposed to go because my friend John is performing, except like the only available spot this weekend was like at a 10 p.m. for dinner. Like you have to eat dinner when you go there. But it was a 10 p.m. dinner reservation on Saturday. And it's like afterwards, we'd still have to drive back home. Like she'd still have to like drive me back to my place, which is like maybe an hour from L.A., then drive back to like L.A. where she lives. So that would not have been ideal because then she'd be done. She'd get back home like in the a.m., which is not great. Um, but like it's $45 admission on weekends to get in. You have to dress up very fancy. You're not allowed to have jeans, not allowed to have anything like athletic, like no athletic shoes. You have to be in a suit and like dinner. I think like the cheapest options are like 40 bucks, which is a lot for dinner. But honestly, like I wanted to go to the magic castle for forever. So 45 to get in plus like maybe a hundred dollars for dinner is not that bad. Yes. It's an expensive dinner, but like, I don't mind paying like Esme, if you're listening to this and I know you're not, but like, I do not mind paying for dinner. It's fine. Um, but I'm just kind of disappointed because I wanted to see my friend perform, but it's like 10 PM is so late for dinner and to like watch a show afterwards and I have to drive home. Um, so that would have been my weekend plans. Now officially I don't have weekend plans. Um, but today the Zomniks had a, a match with a, a European team. So we had to do it on like a weird time for both of us. It was 3 p.m. our time, Kevin. Um, so I couldn't make that match because it was in the middle of the workday. But uh, the Zomnix did play. We did win three to one finally. Um, and I, I was I was watching the the VOD back and I showed you some of this VOD, Kevin. But let me ask you a question. OK, mm. if you in the first minute of a cast dropped the f-bomb several times what would happen to your career as a caster uh it depends on who uh <laughs> who who's running it really okay um, okay because like there, there are some like places that will be okay with it but for the most part like you want to hold yourself to your own professional high standard okay. you don't want to yeah yeah like, like so so it's like it's like an average just like a general like average like tournament you're casting Right. Yeah, uh, I, I would not. You know, slow words are, are a big no-no. Okay, if if you if you dropped like the big daddy f bomb, like what would happen to you as a caster? Um, it depends on once again context, yeah. but like you don't just drop them casually. You gotta okay. You gotta use them sparingly. Like okay, if if it is you know an f bomb moment, it better be an f bomb moment. You know, like okay. stuff should have happened. Like for example, if like. A Genji deflect Zarya deflected again back to the Genji. Like that would that would be a a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what if you what if you were like demeaning the the team's choice in uh in hero, like calling Junkrat Easy Rat the entire time? Uh then you do it. I get like 
there's a reason why you're sitting here watching the game and not playing the game, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another part is like when, like you don't call heroes that you call them by what they're called in game because it makes it not only easier <laughs> on us, but like also it's just professional in that case. Like, right. The the best way to describe it is like you want to make it as professional as possible because you never know when you want to use this for real mm, and like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't until like recently like personally even for myself like um watching my cast back and trying to build a real i realize how many times i say um and huh oh right? yeah and, it's and only pause. it's only after you watch yourself you realize these things yeah and i say i say yeah pause and um so the thing that I wanted to do, I, I pitched this to my mom actually as a as a fun like, I think it would make a good video, but my mom it doesn't approve of it. But I was saying like, <laughs> okay, every um uh or long so followed by a pause, um, get a shot caller, and then I have oh, a gosh. friend behind me, like we'll just watch an entire game, and if I do it, it's just like <laughs> I'm allowed to I like mean, swear have in those moments, but like. Pavlovian training, I guess. Yeah, I'll just be like, mm, you know, <laughs> like we'll just we'll learn how to hold it back. But I do think that, like, one, I think people would watch. I think if you're a good caster, you catch yourself on that a lot, right? But if you if you're like a train like a caster in training, like I consider myself a caster in training still. Um, like having that kind of discipline is crazy, but it, mm-hmm. it, entertaining nonetheless. Yeah. And like what like one another thing, like what if like say say a team decides to use the bastion because teams will decide to use the bastion? Like, do you do you tell them like, oh, this is boring now? Is that something you say in a cast? No. Have you ever seen um I don't know this this small little league called the Overwatch League where um I haven't heard of know, it. No, yeah, it, there there just happened to be this one guy named Architect this one time okay. where he uh he picked Bastion. You're not gonna believe this, but he's he picked Bastion, mm-hmm. and he was on the chandelier. On the chandelier. Uh, on the chandelier in in Eichenwald during the, the last chandelier point. Bastion. Yeah, it's it's a it's a oh very my. scary thing. Um, if you guys <laughs> you guys don't actually know the moment, uh, just type it type <laughs> it into like YouTube. The chandelier Bastion from uh from Architect is probably one of the most entertaining <laughs> plays ever because you're like, oh, it's Bastion. He just sits on the ground, and then you just see a Maywall. And then you're like, oh, where is this going? And then he hops on the chandelier, and now, now you have to deal with that. So <laughs> that's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the reason why we're uh, we're talking about this is because uh, so the match was casted from the International Overwatch League, the IOWL, which is the league that Zomnix plays in. Um, and we had two casters in this match, um, Shingami and Floppy Ears. And legitimately, they are the two worst casters I've ever heard. Less shingami it's more floppy ears and then shingami just kind of is so boring bland and milk toast that he kind of got sucked in with whatever floppy ears was doing but legitimately within the first minute of the cast floppy ears is dropping f-bombs and like they're not even actually doing any cast that is and that is useful or uh insightful or really giving any information it's just them it's mostly floppy ears mistaking being rude as having a personality and trying to be funny by just swearing and just making dumb noises and saying, oh, what, 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 what? Literally, he does that so many times. And he mistakes being demeaning and rude as having a personality and trying to be funny. So 
it's really a hard it's a hard match to watch, which is really disappointing because like this was our first win in a while as the Zomnix. And like it's it's hard to be happy when you can't even watch your cast properly because the guy is like one, like it's very clear that they didn't think we could win. And like, to be fair, we've lost most of our rounds, but like when you're demeaning our picks by calling them easy rat or like demeaning the pick, cause we had a ringer who just came in and filled for us who picked the bastion and saying, Oh no, this is boring. Like it's, it's just, you need to I mean, hang up your microphone and never cast again because at this point you're not only doing it badly, you're being rude to everyone who's playing. Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the things that casters need to learn the most. That it's like honestly, that's rule number one. It's don't trash talk the players. Cause you never know where the players are gonna go. Mm-hmm. Cause like next thing you know, the the player is going to be a desk analyst and he's going to remember that one time that you called his play or his particular pick or their particular pick garbage right and then you want to be on that cast and then they'll be like oh wait that's the guy who called my play garbage like Mm -hmm. i don't want him anywhere close to our production like so it's always better to not talk about the specific picks or players like you don't call things easy like specifically like i heard easy rat like 80 times in that in that one cast yeah i'm like you may think that lobbing nades is is an easy quote-unquote easy task but being able to understand the use of junk rat in in such a way that can not only one counter a diva but two be effective enough to completely like take out the reinhardt and stop momentum is huge like if you understand how that works you can play it to the greatest ability. I mean, the, the greatest example is Jake. Like you look at the way right. how he plays. Are you gonna you're gonna call Jake's Jake Rat like easy? Like have <laughs> I would like to see you try to double mind jump up to the top and then play from like the top part of like Ilio's lighthouse, just being able to just spam stuff from down there. It's crazy. Like Mm-hmm. You have options to play around that, and it does take a lot more skill than people give it. Right. I feel like the only the only acceptable time when you can call a hero, like when you're professionally casting, or not even professionally casting, when you're just casting a match, um, if you have any aspiration to be a caster, the only time when you should be not calling the hero by their name is when they it's like a special circumstance, like Jake Rat, where he is known for that character. Or the super Genji because it supers playing Genji and it's so it's such a weird moment that it's it's become kind of attached to that player. In that case, it's not demeaning. It's just it has meaning beyond what the hero is in the context of the given match. And then like another thing with like the swearing is like I swear all the time I have no problem with profanity in general, but like there is a time and place and this is clearly not the time and place to be swearing like every five seconds. Um, it's just like people like, I don't know. It's like we made a huge deal about like, when was it, was it Mr. X who who swore on the league that one time he was just like, yeah, not, I, yeah. it was Mr. X, right? I believe. Yeah, I think so. And like he didn't even say anything that bad, but it's just like you're not supposed to do it, and like you're supposed to be professional because people are watching this, and 
it's it's not I don't know how many other ways I can say it's not the setting, but I'm just very disappointed and I'm offended, honestly, by what you did to our cast and like our match. And like you took the fun out of it. Yeah, the, the best way to to fix this is for me to uh I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute the VOD and cast over it. I think that's honestly like the only way to do it justice. <laughs> like there's a lot that like I mean, if you're down to do that, like I, I will watch that stream. <laughs> I, I will th- I will think about it, honestly. Like uh as I, I tweeted out earlier this week that um like match cast Mondays has been pretty slow just because like I haven't gotten a lot of uh I haven't gotten a lot of footage from Unite and I'm not necessarily like pursuing people to like mm-hmm. get all their stuff. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't mind watching it. It's already pre-recorded and stuff like that. You probably yeah. won't have game audio, but you'll have my voice instead of whatever the hell is going on there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I mean, if anything, you can, you can like play the initial bit of it just to know, just so people understand like why this is so bad. And like, like you, can, you, you, can, you can use it as a teaching moment. Like this is, this is not how you cast. This is how you cast. Because uh, like, I mean, honestly, listening to you compared to them, it's, it's night and day. It's night and day, like the skill level and like professional demeanor you have as opposed to whatever these jackoffs are doing. I'm, I mean, I feel like once again, like I probably came from a place like that at one point. I don't I don't think it's ever been that bad, but like uh, but it, I mean, just it's just common a, sense, my dude. Yeah, just just be good. Like learn how to learn how to call a couple of things and not be completely like if it place, slips you know? out once or twice, I get it. Like you don't mean you're 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 not trying to, but when you're just doing it to be funny, it's like I, I've said holy shit on a cast on like that's a fine. That's Red not Bull even that cast. bad. It's not like, even that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was it's just crazy. Like I that's PG 13 yeah. level. You're fine. But like dropping multiple F-bombs, that takes you to an R-rated level. And I was not prepared for an R-rated cast, even though like I watch R-rated movies all the time, but like not when I'm playing my Overwatch, my dude. Yeah. So if, if anything, it would be a a learning moment. It if you guys are casting, by the way, like if you if you want to have somebody look over your footage and like critique you on casting, there are a lot of resources out there. I I greatly recommend uh, Broadcast GG. That's where I originally started. I kind of branched off from there, but I'm still in touch with them. Um, but yeah, it, just learn some things. I mean, I'm, I might as well. I was also thinking about like, maybe I'll do it again. But I have a crash course PowerPoint for casting. Um, I had to do it for like an esports summit, I think like three or four years ago. Um, and it's honestly, it's one of the most memeiest like, uh, <laughs> one of the, the most memeiest PowerPoints. Me, right? Yeah, I showed you it a while ago. Like, but that's honestly like the thought process in going about casting. And if you if you just take that to heart, like you could be pretty good. <laughs> For sure. Um so to start on the actual news of the um of the episode. So I'm not happy with what Shingami and Floppy Ears did to our our VOD, but Someone else who isn't happy is the Video Game History Foundation is not happy with Nintendo and what their policies are with um, just gaming preservation and and their policies in general. Um, 
So as we as we spoke about last episode, the Wii U and the 3DS stores are being taken down because um, these consoles, they've been around for forever. They're outdated. It was bound to happen eventually. That's not the issue. The issue is, is that Nintendo has made it at this point impossible for certain games to be uh, to be played and made available to anyone who wants to play them. Um, there are a lot of games, I guess, starting around this generation where it was digital only because like for a lot of developers that are smaller, like they can't afford to have physical distribution because that costs a lot of money. So instead, what they have to do is they have to go purely digital. And then if it gets wide enough recognition, then you get a physical release after that. There's plenty of games who've done this, like Hades, Game of the Year. Uh, didn't get a, a physical release till years, or I think maybe a year or two after it came out because it was a small game with a small budget. They didn't have enough money to do that. Um, and with the way Nintendo is doing these things, a lot of these indie games that were released exclusively on these platforms will essentially be erased from history. Um, it's, it's a common problem. Like everyone knows that Nintendo is pretty much the Disney of the gaming world and that they are very, very protective of their IP and their rights and will issue a lot of legal disclaimer or not disclaimers, do, do a lot of legal stuff to, to take down anyone who tries to either mod or, or put their stuff up online without their approval. Uh, this happened very recently with a lot of um, video game music from Nintendo. They took down several channels that, hosted these music like not even for profit just to have like the music available to listen to um so here's a statement from the video game foundation um the, uh, the video game history foundation while it's unfortunate that people won't be able to purchase 3ds or wii u games anymore we understand that the business reality that went into this decision what we don't understand is what path nintendo expects its fans to take should they wish to play these games in the future as a paying member of the Entertainment Software Association, Nintendo actively funds lobbying that prevents even libraries from being able to provide legal access to these games. Not providing commercial access is understandable, but preventing institutional work to preserve these titles on top of that is actively destructive to video game history. We encourage ESA members like Nintendo to rethink their positions on this issue and work with existing institutions to find a solution. One, I didn't realize that they were lobbying against even libraries from being able to to save their content to, to distribute their content because like i know that libraries occasionally do have games but also like a, a thing that this article points out is that um this is the, the the kotaku article about it but like a lot of people give nintendo a pass for this kind of market bullying just because of the nostalgia factor and like they have this um, they've somehow managed to cultivate this image of being like the fuzzy, happy, friendly family company, right, Kevin? Like they they kind of pulled a Disney on that again, in, in that they crafted their image so that you can't possibly be mad at us. We're Nintendo. We made your childhood. Yeah, I I feel that I understand what they're they're trying to go for, but at the same time, it's like limiting access to your games is only going to hurt your brand in the future like the, the way how i say like how i would describe it is like if you were to 
you you have to learn where games came from in order to appreciate sometimes like where games are now right like it it's always good to look back on history and without the ability to go back legally to go back um and look at these games we aren't going to have that like knowledge in the future like there was one time i remember in um i took a video game history class uh, it's called the history of gaming from when i was in college and it went all the way back to like moncala <laughs> like we went what, really we went, yeah we went all the way back from like moncala to like okay how did how did certain games evolve into where we are now so like you could literally trace like pinball back to croquet to like uh like a whole bunch of older games even older than that like stickball and stuff like that but uh other than that it's like we learn like certain genres were like started like with the beginning of like the nintendo era that we know so for example like super mario bros kind of made the side scroller a thing and then open worlds were helped because of like the legend of zelda and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. being able to play those games again you appreciate how far we've come so like lucky for me and like my my grandparents and my parents have like the original nes so right wow. now it's like you play the original nes and i played punch out on the original nes and then i went and fast forwarded and right now i have a wii and <laughs> I'm playing the punch out that came out in 2009. And it's really interesting because like you learned like that game was like the first, like one of the first like punch out, like boxing games that not like ever, but it was one that kind of had its own unique, like take on it. It was more of a react to the quirks of your opponent kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing the characters that transfer over from like one to one to the newer game, the newest game, and then also like understanding this is where it came from. It literally like eight bit like music, like Mario was the ref. And now we get like these 3D models where, you know, final boss is DK. Like it's crazy. It's crazy to like understand where we originally started from. Mm hmm. So, I mean, like, knowing just the, the the history of gaming that you do, Kevin, like, how do you think Nintendo is going to be remembered for this, for, like, being so actively against the preservation of their own games, like, are, are, and, like, looking forward to the future? Like, how, how are games and indie developers going to be able to, to trust Nintendo when Nintendo doesn't even seem interested in being, like, friendly to these indie developers yeah this is it's not good (laughs) i mean in in short um being able to first of all i don't know why you wouldn't want to make more money (laughs) what number one if you really want to like if, if you're really all about the profits and trying to get money from it like you want to make sure that it is available Mm -hmm. see i think this is one area where disney is different than nintendo's because disney's willing to sell our childhood back to us nintendo's not yeah 
Nintendo is a is a one off deal, which is which is really weird. Um, but yeah, I really do think that the game, the games themselves, should be available for for us players. Like we not only like we don't say like oh we deserve it, but like it's more of we need them so that we can learn from them. It's 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 the same thing as history in general. It's like we need to know about our history in order to make better decisions now. So I hope that we get that. Um, I hope that we can. I hope that Nintendo changes their policy on this and allows a way for either 3DS games or allow games to be played on the next generation of consoles, um, either through a shop or uh, I would, I don't want to jinx it, but like, if they are doing this to say like, Hey, we have a new DS coming. Right. I doubt, I doubt it. But like, <laughs> if, if there was that thing, like I, one, I wouldn't be happy about it, but like at the same time, it's like, Oh, okay. We kind of understand why, you know, the 3ds shop is closing and all that stuff. Um, but I really do hope that there's a way how we can get the games again. Um, without having to do exactly what, uh, Nintendo doesn't want us to do, which is a uh, pirate, which we will do uh, if we can't, if we can't get it any other way. It's literally the only option left. <laughs> and it's like, I, I've just reading the comments and stuff. It's like people generally don't feel bad about pirating from Nintendo because it is their only option. Like if, if they were releasing it in a way that was sustainable and that they could get these games, like people wouldn't have an issue actually or it wouldn't have as much of an issue actually buying them. But like when the only option is the illegal option, like people don't really care about giving you money anymore. They don't care about what's ethic. What I feel like they, they feel like the more ethical approach to it is to have the game preserved so that other people can play it. Yeah. Like the, the thing that we need, like we, we know that the, historical like the game video game historical foundation that's what it is um they want to yeah the video game history foundation wants to preserve all of this and i i think if anything like the company itself should be on board with having their stuff preserved um i'm just not a fan of them not making it available for for everyone like Like, yeah, it, it's cool. Like, we can save and try to protect what games we still have available. But at the same time, like, we need to... We A lot of players still want to have access to those games if they're going to get them. Um, and, yeah, it, it feels really weird to, like, not... To not have that option and or have a way to play like older games that way so mm-hmm. yeah i i really do hope that nintendo like if they're not going to like if they're going to cut it off here there's got to be something in the future that they're like working on right. i hope i hope it's not just like a oh we're done and the everything that was previous to the wii u and 3ds is gone um but yeah it, it's it's really really weird overall do you think Nintendo's ever going to change about this or is it just they're going to just stay the course because 
if they haven't changed at this point, I don't know if there's going to be like any amount of public pressure that can make them see a different way. Uh, man, that, that is tough. <laughs> um, I, I want to have faith that that Nintendo will do something nice for the community and like make it available but i'm not asking too much (laughs) i'm not as optimistic that they will do it Mm. the only reason why is like i think that nintendo wants to sell either another console um like it it, i I don't want it to happen but I, i would hate to speak this into existence um they have the switch right yeah. And that's supposed to be like the bridge between the the DS handheld system and the home consoles, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if the next step is to go backwards, like how we're getting flip phones again and shit like that, right? Oh no. Will we get a switch with two screens? Now <laughs> I <sighs> I mean honestly Nintendo dual switch. A it's dual just, switch. It's just the DS again. Mm. Yeah, they don't even need to change their branding. Just put the same thing on it. It's just the rebirth of the DS. Ew, I hate it. I I would hate for it to happen, but I can see it happening. Oh, yeah. Flip phones are becoming a thing again, so... Oh, but it, 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 uh, have you have you ever had one of those phones that had, like, the, it had the screen and then it had, like, the keyboard that, like, flips out underneath? I did not, but I remember it, the sidekick, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to have that for but but for the Switch. That's a, that's a deep cut. That's like 2009 technology, my dude. That, that's cool though. <laughs> you want a full keyboard? We got I know, a full keyboard. That's 2007 actually. No, that was junior high for me for us. Yeah. 2007 technology. I remember those. I mean, those are nice. Like those those are cool phones. They were cool. They were cool, but then 2008 the iPhone came out and then it was all over. Yeah, it was all over. They killed the flip phone. <laughs> and now we're now we're bringing it back cuz nostalgic and we're suckers for that see other companies are willing to sell their our nostalgia back to us why can't nintendo yeah nintendo just needs to figure out a way how to make the switch dual switch yeah i mean we're willing to buy it if they are ever willing to sell it but um you know what's something that people aren't willing to buy kevin Mm. ubisoft the Ubisoft is is no one is willing. Pretty much, they're saying, "Why won't anyone buy us right now?" Because I guess the big trend in the gaming space right now is to acquire other companies. For example, um, Blizzard ABK was acquired by Microsoft. Bungie was just acquired by um, PlayStation. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Discord is now, I guess, part of. I don't know if they were bought by playstation and sony but they are now fully integrated within the the playstation communication platform um i think zynga also was acquired recently or something but so i guess in an interview with uh the ceo of ubisoft Yves guillermo guillermo uh it's like guillermo without the r and then a t at the end it's i guess it's french um, because I guess I think isn't Ubisoft is a French company, I believe. Um, they have like a ton of headquarters, like I, I, that's all yeah. I know. 
one one of the Ubisofts, I guess, is probably in France. Um, but CEO Yves Guillermo and Frédéric Duget, Duget, Du, I can't speak French. Why did I even try? D u g u e t Duget, Duget. I don't know how to speak French. Um, but they they were being interviewed. Um, and the question from uh, Matthew Walker of Credit Suite said. In a consolidating industry, I'm guessing, I just wonder why you guys haven't had an offer given the embedded value in your IP. Is it because in order to be acquired, you have to signal you want to be acquired and you haven't done that? Um, and so the response is, Duguay, I'm going to think that's Duguay for, for now. Um, we will not speculate on why people have not made any offer. What's interesting, Guillermo interrupting, if an offer were made, actually... Uh, and Duguay, absolutely. So I can't comment on that any further. What we can say is we mentioned that we have a high, we have high value assets. We have the scale to remain independent and create very meaningful value in future because we have a scale in terms of workforce as well as engineering, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so pretty much it's saying, hey guys, please buy us. We have good IP. Please buy us. I mean, like, Ubisoft, they own the Rabid series. They own Assassin's Creed. Um, they do own a lot of things. I th- what was what are some others? That they own Rock them? Band. I know that. <laughs> they own Rock Band. Um, but I, I, they do have successful IP. It's just that no one wants to buy them. I would like to think it's because of their whole stupid NFT stuff they keep pushing that is obviously not profitable and they've just been doubling down on this strategy with the uh the ghost recon stuff um so oh yeah they also have far cry ubisoft has far cry which is as far as i know an immensely popular series i have the sixth one i haven't played it yet because it's on the xbox and i'm playing horizon right now um on playstation but yeah no ubisoft is being kind of essentially they said please buy us someone please buy us but I don't know if anyone will. I I don't. I mean, if if a company buys them and like cut out the NFT stuff, I still think they can be a profitable company. Like they they have some good games that they make. It's just those games aren't making news. Yeah, I do think that Ubisoft definitely has some fun like properties that they could play with, and. I feel like if one of the bigger companies were to acquire it, um, it it would be really interesting to see how that works. All right. Like um, if their stuff becomes exclusive, how is that going to change, you know, a lot of the purchasing, right? Like options for these bigger companies. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we've seen once again, like ABK gets bought out by Microsoft and then, uh, Sony was Sony acquired Bungie, so the question then becomes: I mean, like the the obvious one here would be like Nintendo, because then they'll just make more <sighs> rabid, rabid Mario content, and like it's not <sighs> something that I need, but not even something we we think we might want. I yeah, I, I do think that like. I, I think that Ubisoft is good where it is because it is still remaining neutral. Mm-hmm. And like when it gets down to it, I feel like this is going to be like the big thing once again, where like companies are going to try to buy out everything. And then we're going right. to have like f- three or four options. 
mm-hmm. to like really go to. Monopoly. Um, yeah, so we're gonna have the Monopoly game again, and then <laughs> uh, you're like, what happened between uh, Nintendo and Sega later down the line? I mean, once again, if we're going back to video game history, you gotta you gotta see where. You know, if if a company buys out everything and then everything starts failing, like what happens to to that later down the line? So, uh, yeah. Another issue about this, or not an issue, but another point of interest, I could say, is that like in the past, like Ubisoft was on the brink of being acquired. Um, there was a company that um, who is this company? Uh, so the, the French company Vivendi was attempting to take over Ubisoft, but Guillermo uh, went on, I guess, what the what Kotaki was calling the offensive and essentially fought against that uh, acquisition. A lot of it was due to some funding from Tencent. So Tencent, um, I think, owns now 5% of Ubisoft. But the interesting bit is that now Years later, now they're like, okay, can someone please acquire us now? Um, and there's also, uh, in the wake of everything that's happened with Activision, Blizzard, King, uh, and, and all other companies in the industry, the um, the Ubisoft employees came together for a uh, a collective bargaining, I guess, called um, a better Ubisoft group. It's a thousand current and former developers they're asking for more transparency and accountability still nothing um from the ubisoft leadership acknowledging that um it's been over 200 days and there has still been no word from the um the higher-ups in the company so that might be tainting any prospect of acquisition although that kind of might be undercut by blizzard has all this stuff and they were still acquired so I don't know. There's there's a lot of things touching Ubisoft that are not the best right now. Um, I honestly don't think I, I obviously I haven't seen their financials, but like with the games that they do produce and how successful they are, I wouldn't think that they need to be acquired or are, are they just feeling like left out? It's like, why is no one picking me? Yeah, they're just last pick on the basketball court, but it, it's fine. Like, I honestly think that I feel like it's actually a really good move that a lot of gaming companies can remain independent because that way you don't have like not only like you don't have third parties entering and making business decisions for what you need to do. So I I hope that a lot more companies don't just say like, hey, we're going to make it until we get bought out and then we're we're all just going to cash out and take a nap or something. Um, but I, I do, I do think that that could be a play, but I honestly think that like companies that can manage their own stuff are probably better off in the long run. Mm -hmm, For sure. Uh, so here's a weird story for y'all. Um, I haven't played street fighter for decades at this point. I think the last time I played street fighter was on the Nintendo Entertainment, not even the NES, the Super NES. The, I think it was that Street Fighter 2 on the SNES. Um, so it's been a while since I played Street Fighter. I know that I have friends who are very into it. Like my friend Andy on the Zomniks is a very avid Street Fighter player. Um, but apparently the, the game is under, I don't know if it's hot water per se, but it's under a little bit of 
media clowning because the new logo from Street Fighter Six, that's I guess it's an upcoming game. It's pretty much a um what shape is it? It is how many it's sides? It's like a is hexagon, that? isn't it? Yeah, that's a hexagon. That's six sides. So it's pretty much a hexagon with an SF, some little paint splotches, and then a six outside of the hexagon, which looks startlingly similar to an Adobe stock image of a hexagon with an SF in the in practically the same font um, with a little bit of variation. Um, so just looking into it all uh, by people whose job it is to actually look into these things, um, the, the Adobe stock image is an Illustrator file. So by purchasing the rights to this, it permits a certain bit of alteration or stylization or just like tinkering to make the logo your own. Um, <laughs> it's just like, it is, I feel like it is extremely improbable, not impossible, extremely improbable that this design was, I, I would say actually, no, I'm going to say anything back. I would think it's, I, I think it's impossible that this design was created independently of looking at this um, Adobe Illustrator file. It's a file that's been used in logos before, like uh, according to IGN, it's been used in a sci-fi convention in France before. So it's it's not a new logo. It's been licensed before. Um, but I guess the um, the designers of the logo are are willing to send are not to send, but are, are willing to sell exclusive rights to Street Fighter to use this. They've pulled the rights down currently from the Adobe Image Store. So if Street Fighter wants to use it exclusively, they can purchase this. It's just like they haven't said anything yet so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, besides, you know, the, the hexagon NFT thing from, from Twitter, uh, I, I do think that this is, it's eerily close. I mean, looking at both of them again, you're just like, oh, one's got a little bit of a paint splatter on it. It's just whatever. Um, but knowing Street Fighter, I think that this isn't a final logo. This could just be mm -hmm. like knowing them, they could probably end up buying, you know, the rights, the exclusive rights to have this as like a smaller logo. Right. Um, something that they can like throw on banners or I mean, the coolest thing to do with this would be to put it on a belt and like let people fight over it like a like a wrestling belt, you know? Oh, yeah. Like no, that, that would cool. be pretty sick. But other than that, like I do not see this being the final Street Fighter Six logo. I would hope um, not. I I hope that they they do a little bit more with it since like Street Fighter Five was super stylized. It was fun, right? Um, and like this whole the the classic Street Fighter logo is it's good yeah so i i don't i don't see them really changing that that much and i hope they yeah. don't um <laughs> i mean ryu has if you guys haven't seen him dude dude is wide but <laughs> it's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how this how it's this like plays ben out swolo all over again yeah he's just like hey we're gonna make you wide <laughs> have you ever seen a wall <laughs> <laughs> that's you now you, you wall now. <laughs> I mean, like, 
in the end, like Street Fighter didn't do anything wrong by using this logo. It's just incredibly low effort and it it feels out of character for Street Fighter, which is known for like being very stylish and just mm-hmm. very like it has its own unique look to it that other fighting games don't have. So again, nothing wrong with doing this. It's just it's I think the 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 wrong thing here is that you 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 probably knew fan expectations and you went the lowest effort route that you could. Yeah, it, 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 don't just make it good. <laughs> I easier said than done, I guess. Um, Kevin, tell us about Pokemon, please. Yes, uh, for for not controversial news, yay. Uh, <laughs> This week is Pokemon Week. If if you guys don't know what Pokemon Week is, it is, well, uh, we mostly usually only celebrate the day. Um, Pokemon Day is February twenty seventh, which is, uh, I believe it's Sunday. 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 The day after I would have been going to the Magic Castle. So yeah, uh, on Sunday it is. Uh, it's the release date for Pokemon Red and Blue. So every year we kind of have this event to look forward to but throughout the entire week starting on the 21st they have been announcing things for each of their properties so there's a lot of really cool like little aspects that we're all learning about today um so for the 21st it was pokemon's masters ex the the mobile game um i don't know exactly what they announced then uh pokemon sword and shield there's gigantamax raids for all of the Kanto starter Gigantamax forms. Um, and those are available to catch right now until Pokemon Day uh, ends on the 27th. Um, 23rd, which is today, is Pokemon Cafe Mix. If you play that mobile game, it's another like uh, connect, like picture icon things. Um, tomorrow, the 24th, is Pokemon Unite. So, um, I mean, we just got the news today of what the new Pokemon was, um, or is. It's a uh, Hoopa. If you guys, <laughs> I I did not expect Hoopa. Really? Um, but we we got we got Hoopa. Um, so yeah, the the there was this announcement that they made. I think a while ago, it was like, um, let me double check. But Pokemon Unite released this whole, um this this picture that said hey keep your eyes peeled for these upcoming things or these upcoming like class characters um it was a while ago now that i think about it it was on okay here it is uh january 28th um but they said we have an all-rounder coming up which we all knew was uh aegis slash aegis slash and so we got that um the supporter we weren't expecting it to be hoopa but here we are a lot of people wanted it to be uh, Cresselia or um, Clefable. Those were the other two hmm. like big ones. And the last one is an attacker. And it's got like eyes on it. It's got like glaring eyes on it. So we don't know what that is yet, but hopefully we can uh, we can get a quick peek at what it might be. I mean, I'm I got that whole series on my channel that I'm working on, which flushes out concepts. So. Um, yeah, 
I I did not expect Hoopa. So good for good for me. My my Poke Concept video for the upcoming week uh, is not going to be in jeopardy because it's not Hoopa. <laughs> but yeah, we got <laughs> it, it's such a it's such a weird Pokemon that I I was not expecting it. But at least we have a new support Mon uh, in the game, so that's pretty cool. Um, another thing, uh, if you guys are in the Pokemon Unite scene, they just announced a, an entire separate Twitter for just the competitive scene for Pokemon Unite, which I'm really excited about because that means like anything that comes out with like updates, we'll, we'll get a lot of really cool things to come up and uh, take a peek at it. So uh, that's not it though. Pokemon Unite is on Thursday, which officially is today. Uh, <laughs> Friday is uh, more music. So we have more Pokemon exclusive music. Uh, we don't know who's performing. Um, but it is the Pokemon 25th anniversary still. Um, but we'll see if they add another artist or if somebody's going to be performing. Um, on the 26th, it is an update to Pokemon Go. So if you guys still play Pokemon Go, um, new update of some sort. Uh, and then the 27th is the official Pokemon Day. So we'll see what uh, Nintendo or what Game Freak has in plan. I hope it's something big and fun. It is the 25th anniversary overall. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, I would lose my mind if they announced Pokemon Pinball, but I <laughs> I mean, last year, last year they did Pokemon Snap, so it's not off the table. I haven't played a pinball game in so long, Kevin, but I would be so down for Pokemon Pinball. Did you play did you play any of the original Pokemon Pinballs? No, I played Metroid Pinball at one okay. point. So like I played both of them. So like there was a Pokemon pinball for the Game Boy, like the original Game Boy. Um, I don't know if it was ever in color. I think it was just a regular mm. Game Boy. Um, but there used to be it's like a so you know how big the original Game Boy things were, right? Oh yeah. Like they're they big were bricks. Okay, so now it's a big it had a slightly bigger brick piece because you had to play with a triple A battery in it. what yeah yeah it's kind of crazy but like it was the first ever like i don't want to say it's the first ever game but i think it's pretty it's one of the first like handheld games to have rumble Uh, oh so the so the battery would shake the uh the game boy um yeah so pokemon pinball uh for the game boy color it was a game boy color but yeah, it, it had a it had a battery pack on it, and it's uh it's crazy. I remember seeing this. Here you go. I'll I'll send you an image. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. So there was that one, and then there was one for uh like Ruby Sapphire Emerald. Um, and I think that was the only other one that uh. That was there. I mean, it. Oh, oh, what? It, oh my! This is big. Yeah, it just slides in the back. I mean, that's a very close-up picture of it. I can find one that's a little zoomed out. But. I mean, if they make, oh, hopefully they they wouldn't have to like make no, an they attachment have to, piece for for the switch. No, no, no. 
no, oh the God. Switch has built-in rumble, so we don't have to worry <laughs> about that. But um, I wouldn't mind having... I, I mean, this is just a, a dream of mine, but to have, like, a Pokemon pinball where there are multiple, like, fields, hmm. like, the different different ways how the game looks, um, but each of them is a different... Either... Ideally, it would be one for each variation of the game through the generations. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like I would be totally fine if they just did one for each generation of Pokemon um, where they just kind of explain like, OK, so you have your Johto, uh, you have your uh, Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh, um, Unova and so on and so forth, like all rolled into like one specific pinball game. And then obviously like the final goal of Pokemon pinball is to catch them all. So it would be really cool to see if they do that. It seems like it's just a very good like boredom game, you know? It is. It, it was. It's still. It's still a good game. <laughs> it's like one of those games that you don't have to. You just like very chill. Like, oh, I've got a couple minutes to kill. Let's play some pinball. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I mean, like in between class or like you're on like a bus trip kind of game. Yeah. I'm about it. And I think it's perfect for the Switch too, because like you could play it on the TV or you could play it like yeah. docked in handheld mode and it, it still feel like pinball. So just a win for Nintendo all around. Yeah. Do it. Please do it. Um so here's a here's one I guess will affect a lot of more PC players than non-PC players, but Steam is changing its discount policies coming very soon. Um, and like at, at first glance, this sounds weird, but I can, I reading more into it. I understand why. Um, so at the end of March, Valve is going to change the way um, that discounts work. And the reason is, is because this is actually better for consumers because it prevents, um, it prevents game developers from like artificially making their discounts look better than they are. Um, so here, here are the changes that are coming. Um, as of the end of March, you can run, you can run a launch discount, but once your launch discount ends, you cannot run any other discounts for 28 days. It is not possible to discount your product for 28 days following a price increase in any currency. So there's the first protection. Um, discounts cannot be run within 20 days of your prior discount with the exception of steam wide seasonal events. Discounts for seasonal sales cannot be run within 28 days of releasing your title within 28 days from when your launch discount ends or with 28 days of a price increase in any currency. You may not change your price while a promotion is live now or scheduled for the future. It is not possible to discount a project, a product by more than 90% or less than 10%. Custom discounts cannot last longer than two weeks or run shorter than one day. So I, I guess according to Kotaku's analysis of this, um, it's it's trying to stop um scam like games from like game yeah companies from gaming steam's algorithm to make their releases more prominent and on um more recognized but also trying to prevent like people from thinking that the sale is bigger than it actually is or kind of pulling the wool over your eyes by saying oh look our game is being discounted by 30% but in the meantime you've raised your price so that the discount is actually less. You're you're still paying more than I guess 
you potentially would if the game was at a normal price. It's it's it seems weird, I guess, that they're changing it, but it's for the better, definitely. I think this is a this is a good change. Yeah, if anything, this is just it's making games earn their purchases through merit rather than through you know a promotional deal that just happens and they can't just switch it all the time either so it's like if there is a seasonal event like usually the steam summer sale um or i mean uh, the closest one is the the spring sale uh that should be coming up either during our spring break end of march early april um so we'll see how that plays out but i do think that this is it's a lot better for protecting the consumer by saying like, okay, if they are going to change their price, it has to be like, it has to be planned way ahead in advance. Um, also any, they can't just constantly like be like, Oh, it's on discount. Okay. Wait, never mind. It's not, never mind. But like now it is, it's back on. Okay. No one day code. Let's, let's take a try at this. It's, they have to make it possible for like people to want to, play your game you know right right um not just like again it's the algorithm you're not just like scamming your way to the front line yeah it's way better to like get your game out and perfect and let to let let the audience decide if they're if your game deserves the merit that it that it deserves you know Mm -hmm. right um i mean the last story i think that we have and like Honestly, we have been talking for a little bit, but it's all been good stuff. It's we, it's been fun. I, I look forward to our weekly discussions. Um, but Overwatch is finally getting another little bit of lore. I mean, we've been we've been getting a little bit with the McCray, not the McCree. Um, we've been getting a little bit of of lore with the uh, the Cowboy comic that has come out. Um, I haven't looked, but the last one was supposed to be featuring Diva. But now we have a new lore, like prose story featuring Reaper, and I believe Sombra. About like, I think it's a year after the uh, the whole. Here, let me just look it up. It's right here. Um. Um. Yeah. So pretty much the story is about a year after Overwatch falls. It's following Sombra and Reaper and doing Reaper things with Talon. Um, there's also a skin and the um, spray and player icons to go along with it, as per usual with these kind of um, Overwatch events. Um, it's the 9, 18, and 27 games. Uh, the event is live as of Tuesday, so the 22nd of March to March 8th, so you do have plenty of time to do this. Um it's an okay skin, honestly. I, I need to read the story still. But I feel like when Overwatch said that it after um I'm stumbling over my words, but like after the whole debacle over the New Year's event when they're like, oh, we're gonna get more skins than ever this year. Um, and considering that this is coming out so recently after that, I feel like this is what they were talking about, where they're just gonna release a bunch of these events to one like make good on that promise for more skins but two to also hopefully maybe try to get more people back into the game as a a strategic reinvigoration i guess is the word 
of the community to like, oh, I can play this and get the skin just to get people more aware that Overwatch is still a thing. And then eventually to um, talk more about Overwatch 2. Um, I believe that I think within the next couple of weeks, the Overwatch teams are going to start getting their beta access to Overwatch 2 to prep for the league. So hopefully the rest of us get something Overwatch 2 soon. But yay for lore, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, I'm glad that we're getting more stuff for for Overwatch. Like, honestly, this event actually got a couple people that I used to play with a ton. Uh, we all got back together and we're like, hey, you want to play some games? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's been pretty interesting to get <laughs> the crew back together. Uh, how bad my aim is now. <laughs> um, Can't aim so tank thank, at, at least I can, I can play tank and support and still be somewhat okay but um yeah it, i i gotta say like you know it does feel super nostalgic at least for me to come back to the game and i i know that this we're getting closer to you know overwatch 2 since yeah you know the beginning of the league said uh you know may is the official date for that um it feels like a bygone era but like right around now would have also been the time that uh that blizzcon would have been happening Mm -hmm. um so i do think that they are kind of slowly ramping up towards getting overwatch 2 ready for the public and i i would love to have it sooner than later but at the same time like i once again i know i know blizzard i know their motto of uh it's not finished until it's polished and you know blizzard soon trademarked uh <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes from there but um it is something interesting that we got to keep our eyes open for i think that if they keep updating overwatch and adding more and more things to the game we are going to that should be a precursor that overwatch 2 is coming soon is it going to be an effective strategy, though, to kind of reinvigorate the community and the, I guess, the, the excitement for the game? Because it's been so long since it was announced that people have kind of given up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be the best way to do it. I mean, I feel like I, if if I had it my way, if I were, you know, abk man uh putting on my hat whatever uh i i get to run the blizzard section for a day um first thing would be to contact a streaming like platform and get that quote-unquote like series that you were thinking about doing get that out (laughs) right Mm -hmm. um if you had an animated overwatch series let's say if it was released in like end of March, like this is not just like, this is just me wishing for things, but like end of March, right. You release this anime like esque series and it gets people hyped yeah. for, you know, the story of overwatch and you learn about every character through their interaction. And then like late April, you say, okay, overwatch two is actually coming. 
right? Then you have people being like, oh, okay, now we're ready. Like we we've seen like you get a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people coming in from not only the the show itself, like people getting hyped about, oh, okay, so who is this? Who is this character? Like, why am I interested or invested? Like you've seen how well Arcane is done. Oh yeah, um, it's amazing. So like Overwatch has the potential or like Blizzard has the potential to make that work because we've seen it in their cinematics before. Like they're able to tell the whole story of like, you know, Hanzo and Genji or like, you know, Reinhardt and the reason why he's he he does the things that he does. And like we saw those in like little snippets, right? Like it's not even like a full yeah. like movie, but like he, you you cried when Baldrick died. Like oh, you absolutely, knew, you knew that that was like you that felt moment. Bastion's PTSD. Yeah, like those things are real. And like we we literally like just met the character. We're barely living in it, right? So imagine if you could flush that out in like a full like series and now you start like talking about how characters interact and stuff like that mm-hmm. you start building hype around it you leave it with a cliffhanger that can lead into overwatch 2 and then you 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 do that like i would be fine if they like if the last thing you see like post like we know that overwatch 1 takes place before um like it takes place after the fall of the original overwatch organization and it's just kind of everybody going rogue, right? Yeah. Um, and monkey press button, try to bring people back. <laughs> uh, so, like, if the last thing that happens is, like, you see them on a jet, like, getting ready to fly to, what is it? Was it Paris? Yeah. Or, yeah. And, like, now you know that leads into the trailer to Overwatch 2. And that, that's, like, you know, full media putting everything together. But, like, you understand where... Winston is coming from and how he got the band back together and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But like that's that's the way to go. That's honestly the way to go about it. I honestly think that yeah, the now that you bring it up back up again, the animated series is definitely the best way to to get the the hype back in Overwatch because for a lot of people that's what got people interested. Like me, I was interested because of the of the cinematics and also like Given the success of Blizzard Cinematics before, and given the success of, like you said, Arcane on Netflix, and I, what is it? Dota also has their own animated series on Netflix. Like Overwatch feels very late to the game on this, even though they were announced so long ago. But like people, I think, still want it even more than they would want Overwatch 2, just because like the cinematics we know would be good. Overwatch 2, we don't really know if it would be good at all so yeah it, i'm and it also gives them the opportunity to to dive into more of the lore that you know you're trying to give it to us through comic books and like that's fine and all like we'll read what what you give us but i feel like we will appreciate it more if you had like it if it was a full series like even if it was just like six episodes of something right Mm -hmm. just strung together we would enjoy what you have to to give us in those stories like if they took for example like the the cole cassidy 
like manga series or not manga i'm saying manga but like <laughs> you know comic series and they turned that into like this overwatch like animated series right yeah you would be invested and you'd be like oh, okay so now once again it gets people like calling him cole cassidy one you'll get you'll get more people being like oh well i saw cole from the from the show he's pretty cool like i want to play him in game and yeah one you get used to the new name two you learn about the characters who he's running into and then how that's slowly building up into what it what it ends up being later down the line so Mm -hmm. i do think that that's a very interesting way of going about it and i hope that you know i i don't i'm not made of money i'm just a dude yelling (laughs) into a mic but still i really do wish that that is the way they go about it Mm -hmm. for sure i i think that it's probably i mean they're not going to listen to us but if they did listen to us that would be a much better strategy than whatever they're doing now yeah you can't just do release events all day and and pray that we come back because of it (laughs) Um, anything else before we close out this week, Kevin? I think we've covered a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we covered majority of it. I'm, I think there was one other thing I, I forgot to mention. Let me, let me just double check where I am. Um, today is the 24th. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So 27th, I'm doing a Pokemon Unite commentary if you guys want to check that out it'll be at 10 a.m pst on the uh pokemon or on the victory road unite twitch channel um i'll I'll make sure to tweet it out at least on my twitter uh to get the word out there we probably won't allow hoopa in the game uh if it is released earlier than that but um yeah i feel like it is that's something that we got to get out there um Oh, I just finished uh, a new Pokemon Unite video. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. And yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, have fun with your games. Uh, we I haven't played it in a while, but I definitely... After watching your, your match casted, I feel like I need <laughs> to do it justice. <laughs> please. Please. It's just like... It wasn't fair to anybody who played. It wasn't fair to us. It wasn't fair to the other team. It wasn't fair to anybody who tuned in to watch it because it's just upsetting. Um, but if you casted it, like I full confidence you'd do like, even in your sleep, even if you're half awake, you'd do better than they did. Um, uh, maybe maybe we'll do it. But every time the caster says easy rat, I take a sip. Of some please alcoholic do. beverage please do that would be funny that would be absolutely that would be an amazing stream we'll see we'll see how you, many F-bombs you would die I drop you you would die i would die your your liver oh, would no. be dead because oh. of the amount of times he says easy rat I'll, I'll just get the i'll just get an iv drip instead so. <laughs> i mean if it's like a sip of beer you probably won't die but if it's something harder every single time he says it um that will be your last stream ever on the face of this earth kevin <laughs> maybe maybe it's just like every time i'll have chat decide like if if it's cringe like <laughs> take, take a sip uh, the the you're gonna be taking a i'd still steps. die i'd you'd probably still, die you'd quicker. still be dead yeah honestly all right like, at least with the the, the easier at it's like an established like it's instance. a one-off rule right but if it's every single time you're it's cringe like you're you're sipping every second 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I got to do, man. But well, let me know if you decide to do something, because I will gladly watch that. Oh, but, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I've also been playing Arkham Asylum on stream. Ooh. So um, I've had a moment where I kicked some dude into a wall. That was uh, <laughs> it, it's not pretty. Uh, Are you yeah, going that, for all the Riddler trophies? Uh, I, I was looking around. I found like a couple of them, but like, okay. I don't know if I could do them all. Okay. Cause um, it's not completion unless you get all the Riddler trophies. I just want to get to the story so I can get to the next game. <laughs> all right. Fair. That's fair. Arkham city is like the best of the series. Just saying city. That's city's, um, city's my the favorite third game, one. right? Second, third or second game. It's the second, second game. game. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening and we will catch you again next week in the third month of 2022 so hooray for the progress of time adios everybody next week we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news thanks for listening to this week's episode If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.